Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Fenway Rundown Podcast. I am not Chris Cotillo. I'm Joey Alberti, the producer of this podcast, and filling in for Chris on this intro. He's currently at the Brewers-Red Sox game. On this episode of the podcast, he answered your asked questions based off Red Sox pitching rotation, Kike Hernandez, Shohei Otani, and so much more. Hope you enjoy. All right, we're flipping the script as we sometimes do. We have Joey Alberti on hand here, and he's going to kind of take over the A chair, and uh, we're going to do a reader slash listener mailbag. Uh, before we get to that, I do want to uh, pass along some personal news I was just informed of a couple minutes ago, um, and this is my chance to have the floor, I guess. I'm going to give myself, Joey. Um, I have launched a campaign on Twitter, hashtag make Catillo a sausage to uh, potentially be a member of the sausage race here in Milwaukee at American Family Field this weekend. Uh, the Brewers have just informed me that the sausage race is all booked up for this three-day series, and I will not be able to do it. Um, so, you know, sometimes dreams are better left dreams. But um, if I'm not not myself today, if I don't sound, I don't know, as peppy and as cheery and as naturally giddy as always, then you now you know why. Is there any chance, I guess we have to start the mailbag off with this, is there any chance that there will be any sort of opportunity for you to run in a sausage race before the end of this season? I I don't think so, unless, you know, I start like a rogue league, I guess. Um, this is the only trip here to Milwaukee, and you know, they're not coming back next year, so it could be a long wait, but uh, 2025 is going to be my year. It's a crime that it can't be 2023. It's, it is. It's it's a crime. It's heinous. <laughs> okay, we'll get into the mailbag. And as always, I like to give the opportunity of whoever asked the first question to have that question asked first on this podcast. And that was from Moises Minion. I don't know how to exactly pronounce that. And he also asked it in Spanish. But good old Google Translate helped us out. And the question basically was, how do you see this series in Milwaukee going? Um, I think it's obviously, you know, they're playing a good team. Red Sox are, are playing well, you know, a five and two homestand against good competition in the Angels and the Twins. Um, you know, I know it was wonky with start times and all that type of stuff. But, um, you know, I think even in the wake of injuries with Chris Martin and Adam Duvall and Zach Kelly and all the guys going out, you know, some guys have stepped up. Some guys have played well. You know, a lot of pitchers, I think, have, you know, come into roles, whether that be Cutter Crawford or Josh Winkowski, whoever it is. So, uh, to me, you know, I feel like this is, uh, you know, a winnable series for the Red Sox. Obviously, you know, when you're on the road, it's always a little tougher. Milwaukee's a good team. And, um, you know, I think we all know that 
uh, in the big leagues this year, especially as Alex Cora said the other day, a lot of parity, um, you know, especially uh, early in the season. So, you know, first to test with Peralta um, Friday night, you know, and I think that that'll be a good one and Pavetta going on for the Red Sox. I'll, I'll predict that they, they lose two out of three, but I think it'll be a competitive good series. And, you know, now I feel like I have to, you know, there's no rooting in what I do, but now I feel like I can't root for the Brewers after what they've done to me. Staying on the pitching questions, Jason Stalakis asked, do the Red Sox have a six-man rotation, or sorry, do they view a six-man rotation as temporary or will they roll it, um, roll with it until another injury occurs? It's definitely super temporary. Um, I think that they're going to do that through the rest of, through this road trip, which is, um, you know, three in Milwaukee, three in Baltimore. Uh, we've seen it be kind of, you know, the first time through. I think looking at it uh, on a long-term basis is not something they want to do. Brian O'Halloran told me that uh, last week in Tampa, just saying, you know, it's too much, too taxing on the bullpen to have, you know, uh, an extra arm in the rotation. So I think they're going to be forced to make, difficult decisions. Chris Smith wrote about that yesterday after the game where, you know, you have these six guys, but you know, Pavetta, Kluber, Sale, Hauk, uh, Bayo and Whitlock right now, you have James Paxton coming back. That's going to be a seventh guy. Um, and obviously, you know, there's only going to be five spots, so they're going to have to make some tough decisions. I think, you know, even though Hauk has pitched well and he's looked good out of the rotation, I, I do think that he's the guy that's suited for the bullpen best just because he has so much experience there. He has so much experience doing that over the last couple of years. I think Pavetta, especially if he struggles tonight, is a guy who could go to the bullpen. So, um, you know, I think that there are, are tough decisions to make. Obviously, um, injuries, if they happen, those kind of solve those problems in a negative way. We've seen that already happen with this pitching staff, Bayo, Paxson, and Whitlock all starting the year on the IL sale is obviously injury prone. Kluber has been in his career. How definitely in his career too. So um, I think the Red Sox file this under a good problem to have, but still difficult decisions to come. And I think they go back to a five man starting with the uh, homestand next week. Speaking of difficult decisions, Doey bagels asked, how long do we see Kluber sticking around? Will Hyman co have too much pride to pick up the DFA or demote him to the pen? Yeah, I just, you know, I think it just sends such a bad message to free agent starters that you are going to sign um, that you're going to give the guy four starts or five starts. You know, I just think it's one of those things where you can't send a guy who's a two-time Cy Young winner to the bullpen or, you know, to DFA him and give up in, on April 21st. It's just it's not a good look. It's not a good look for the organization. And I think they still think he's going to figure it out. Is it tough to carry a guy like that who's struggling in your rotation? Sure. But this is not a, you know, a, a rookie yeah. with options or a journeyman. It's a guy that has been, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball the last 10 years. I know he's older. I know he doesn't look like that. But um, there's a respect factor and just kind of a, a way that people do things in baseball. Um, and I don't think that they're going to, you know, do that this soon at all. So I'd expect him to stay in the rotation for a while, get his chances. Obviously, he needs to be better. The command needs to be better. He's just missing off the edge. You know, he's missing a spot. He's getting hit hard. You know, they're out of games, you know, really before they even start with him on the mound. So um, it's been a, a rough first month in a Red Sox uniform for Corey Kluber. I just don't think, uh, you know, until, let's say, you know, June, July, usually those things don't happen. I know people, you know, get impatient. I know that, you know, the talk is always about, you know, let's see, um, let's win as many games as we can and, you know, not fall behind in the race and all that stuff. But we're not there yet with him. Red Sox Sam asked, when can we realistically see Ryan Brazier getting DFA'd? I think that one is one that, um, to me, it just feels like 
a matter of time at this point. You know, I was told heading into the year on Ryan Brazier that he'd have a short leash in April. And, you know, you see kind of the results and even yesterday in, in garbage time, um, you know, giving up runs at the end of a game. Uh, I just feel like, you know, he was dominant down the stretch in 2018. They they liked the potential there. They liked that he got they caught lightning in a bottle with this random guy on a championship team. Um, they were happy with that. They were happy with that performance. And um, they've been trying to kind of recapture that in the in the four or five years since. And there have been times where it's been, you know, pretty good. There have been times where it's been, you know, really good. Uh, last September was pretty good. Um, but if you look at it, you know, for the most part over the course of the last few seasons, this is a guy who's one of the worst relievers in baseball. And it bears out not just, you know, in terms of the counting stats, ERA, all the type of stuff, but also if you look at stat cast, he's hit ridiculously hard. And also, you know, at a certain point, they just got to look at the potential and be like, look, this guy is, you know, he's 34, 35. He's, you know, not as cheap as he should be anymore. Like they just, they get a cup eight at some point. Um, be interesting to see, you know, where they go with that bullpen spot. I think losing, you know, they are short relievers, which right now, which helps Kelly's, I mean, which helps Brazier's case. Zach Kelly's going to miss, you know, if not the whole season, then most of it with, after having elbow surgery, that'll happen next week. Um, Chris Martin is a guy who has been, um, you know, not himself so far this year, a guy they invested a lot of money in who um, is now out with the shoulder. Um, but they do have a couple, you know, a guy getting closer and Joely Rodriguez, who's a guy that's going to take a bullpen spot. Maybe he takes that spot from, from Brazier when he comes back and, and maybe a few weeks. So I think it's getting close. Um, you know, always you can DFA him and add somebody from off the 40 men roster at a waiver claim, whatever it is. But, um, I just don't see how, you know, they can carry him and trust him anymore. I mean, well, I, a lot of people have been saying that for a long time. I, I'm among them. I just. It's just uh, it's gotten to this point and gone so far. A lot of people say he has nine lives. It's more than that at this point. Okay. Last pitcher question, because I've been peppering you with strictly pitcher questions. Right. What what does your rotation look like when the Red Sox are fully healthy? Yeah, I mean, I would probably – people aren't going to like this because, you know, of the way Kluber looked as looked and the way Paxton looked in his rehab rehab outing. Uh, You know, he came out of the bullpen and got absolutely shelled. In uh, Allentown against the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs the other night, seven run he gave up seven runs and got two outs, which is not really a recipe for success in the major leagues. Um, but I think they're going to give Paxton a chance to join the rotation, just kind of as a hey, you worked your way back from all these injuries. We still trust the arsenal, the stuff. We don't want, kind of want to see it through. I think he gets a spot. I think they keep Whitlock and Bayo both in the rotation because you know those are kind of your young guns. Um, and then Sale and Kluber as well. So I would go, you know, Sale, Kluber, Bayo, Whitlock, and Paxton. And, and that obviously leaves Hauk going to the bullpen, Nick Pavetta. Um, Nick Pavetta does not want to go to the bullpen. I'm sure that'll be a topic of discussion tonight when he pitches, and it might be the last one for him in the rotation. But, um, you know, like, it's just a guy that, to me, feels like the one that they – could do, make the move with. Uh, we talked about how he's done it so much in his career. You know, Pavetta's done it in his career too. So um, they they don't want to ruin Bayo or Whitlock's development as starters. They really care about those guys in those roles. You know, Paxton, Sale, and Kluber. It's more, I think, a matter of older guys, healthy. I uh, want to keep them, you know, in those roles that they're familiar with. So again, these are difficult decisions. They could surprise us and go in another direction. Um, you know, maybe Paxton does go to the bullpen. Uh, who knows? But he's never done that in his career, and I think that they don't want to throw another variable. Heinblum actually said this uh, on on the podcast at, at at some point in March. Um, I don't think they want to throw another variable at James Paxton as he comes back. You know, he just get healthy and 
start like you have your whole career um obviously the bullpen thing i don't know if he was if he was trying to convince them he's not capable of coming out of the bullpen with that performance the other night but if that was the case it probably worked moving on from pitchers uh do you see Kike in center field or shortstop? Which one do you think makes most sense? And at what point do the Red Sox bring someone up that's young and put up with the learning curve? Yeah, I mean, they, they do kind of have a lot of young guys up. I mean, Casas, uh, Duran, who is going to be the answer to this question. Um, you know, a lot of pitchers, Crawford, Winkowski, Bayo, um, these guys don't have a lot of major league experience. Wong, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, young guys in important roles in this team. Um to answer the first question, it's less about Kike. I think, you know, he's he's very capable, you know, center fielder. I think there are, you know, bumps and bruises along the way at shortstop defensively. And that was kind of you know, correlating with the fact he wasn't hitting early in the season. He's been good the last, you know, 10 days or so or, or a week. Um, it really comes down to who else they have around. You know, Jaron Duran's hit really well since he's been up. You know, he, I think he's got you know, four or five doubles and 13 at-bats. You know, I think the perfect world, they have him in center and have Kike at short. Arroyo at second, and then, you know, you have those guys, Yu Chang or whoever, coming off the bench. You know, Dahlbeck was obviously in the mix, and now he's down. Um, I think this is, as we've seen, you know, kind of last year he got a chance, and this year it seems to be happening again. Jaron Duran's getting a chance to play every day. Um, I still think they they trust this guy. They think this guy can turn into something good. I know it's taken a long time, and there's been a lot, you know, of of ups and downs for him, and, and we, you know, chronicled the, all the mental toll and everything on Mass Live last year, but... Um, you know, quietly he's playing well, and I think he's going to continue getting a chance to play center. They obviously have Ref Snyder and Tapia and these other guys in the mix. Um, not a lot of infield depth, but it's just kind of the way it is. The Duval injury was so crushing because you know it's such a you know house of cards or dominoes or whatever that you know fall apart as soon as he goes down. So my prediction is a lot of shortstop for Kike, um, a lot of center for Duran. Um, on certain days you're going to see you know Yu Chang or, or whoever at shortstop and. TK goes back out the center, but um, that's kind of the luxury of having a guy that can play, you know, not just those two spots, but he's been playing second base this week with Arroyo out and they've been finding ways to mix and match. And look, they've, you know, I know they got destroyed those four days in Tampa, but you know, uh, shorthanded on that homestand, they go five and two, you know, pretty impressive. Benny biceps asked if you think that the Red Sox will make moves at the deadline or they'll just try to retain those players that have been injured. That's two early to tell uh they're a 10 and 10 team so uh the deadline's a long way off um the only thing i know about the deadline is we're going to be on the west coast san francisco i think san francisco and seattle those two days i think it might be a travel day and the four o'clock deadline with the three hour time difference is going to really screw with me i can see that coming already um i think that you know if they're in it they're going to try to add if they're out of it there's a lot of guys that are going to really intrigue teams um not just, you know, you look at a guy, some of the rentals, whether it be, you know, if Duvall is healthy, he could help a contender. Um, some of these one-year deal guys have, you know, Kluber's pitching well or Paxton's pitching well or some of these guys, you know, bought a lot of big ifs. But also, you know, you could look to trade, you know, Chris Martin, Kenley Jansen, Verdugo with a year and a half of control left. I mean, um, there's a lot of possibilities if they do go the way of the seller, obviously. Way too early to, to know that. Um you know, if they are selling at that point, then we'll be talking about, you know, wholesale changes in the organization, whether that be Bloom or Cora or whatever. So um, a long way to go and, and a, a kind of a lot at stake before then. Justin asked if you have any update on Trevor Story and his status. He's with the team. He was at Fenway all week. He's playing catch, which is a uh, step in the right direction, obviously. Um, elbow surgery, not uh, anything 
uh, light or to take lightly. So he had that in January. He's, you know, playing catch. I don't think he's particularly close to returning. Um, you know, once he comes back, you know, he's obviously probably going to assume the the shortstop role. And I think that pushes Kike to center until Duvall. You know, there's a lot of guys that are going to come back probably around the same time in the middle of the summer. Uh, I think, you know, at some point, probably in the second half for Trevor Story, it doesn't seem like he's going to be back before the all-star break. But, you know, he's an, he's an athlete, one of the more athletic players in baseball. He's going to push himself to be uh, ready as soon as possible. And if, if that happens, then, you know, don't put anything past this guy. I know he uh, kind of struggled for parts of last year. Um, but he's, he's a guy that, you know, I think that, um, you know, he's going to push the limit and, uh, we'll see what they can do with him. Dennis asked, assuming the Sox enter the Otani sweepstakes and are serious about spending the money, what would you project goes to Anaheim prospects wise? Um, I don't know that they, they do that in terms of a trade at the deadline. Um, I think they'd probably wait till free agency and give him a boatload of money then. I mean, it's hard to imagine, you know, if he gets traded as a rental for two months in July, in August and September, it's not like his value is going to change over those two months. And I would really doubt that he'd sign a contract with a team when he can test the open market and see 500, you know, $550 million offers come in or whatever it's going to be. So I would be pretty surprised for the Red Sox to go trade him just because they'd be, have to trade so much prospect capital when you can just sign him for money and money only, um, you know, come November, December, January. And I do think um, if he gets to free agency, which is exceedingly likely, he's going to be a free agent. I do think the Red Sox are going to be involved. I've always kind of thought that, you know, and, and um, you know, they're a global brand. He's, a, you know, with Japanese players have had success here. Um, obviously, Yoshida's here now, and they've had you know Okajima and Daisuke and all these guys, Sawamura that have come through. Um, but I think it's going to be an attractive place for him potentially, and and obviously there's going to be a lot of teams, right? The Dodgers, the Mets, maybe the Yankees. Um, but the Red Sox, I think, are going to be involved there. I just don't think at the trade deadline. And then I have a question for you personally. Going right? back to your preseason prediction, I think you predicted 83, 84 wins. 81 and 81, right on the 81 right and 81. Yeah. Okay. So they're 10 and 10 right now. So you're kind of I on, am on track. Edges. Do you feel good 20 games in about that prediction? I do. Uh, yeah, it's literally on pace. So I do. Um, I feel like Will Fleming on the last pod the other day said it almost perfectly. So I'm not going to try to, you know, uh, steal this quote on my own. But like he, he said, they're right about where I thought they'd be, but they got here in a different way, which I think is, you know, like, the offense sputtered early for parts and they're very streaky and like, you know, the starting rotation hasn't been that great, but there's just a lot of weird stuff, but they found a way to win 10 to 20 games, you know? Um, and so you got to tip your hat, especially this last week, you know, against the angels and, and, and the twins, those are two pretty good teams to go five and two, like I said, it's impressive. So they are, as Will said, right about where I thought they'd be. Um, you know, the unfortunate part for them, in the division is the Rays don't lose. I think they're 16 and three or 17 and three. And, um, when that happens, you fall behind. And when you lose four in a row to them at the drop, when they're red hot, you're going to fall behind. So um, that, I think, is, is you know, um, one of the tougher parts for them. But they're they're treading water. They're holding their own. Um, but another thing Will said yesterday or, yesterday or the day before, whenever that was, it all runs together. Um, these are um, – this is a very tough schedule. You know, there's no breaks for, for a long time. As we talked about, Milwaukee and Baltimore are tough. They come home. I think it's Cleveland – in Toronto, I mean, these are all good teams, and you got to, you know, put up a fight, especially in your division. We saw them struggle with that last year so far. You know, getting swept by the Rays is not a great start. So, um, you know, we're going to learn a lot about these Red Sox by the end of May. 
And final thing from me, I saw you tweet about it, I think yesterday. Um, I'm I'm curious though on an update of how the the ice cream extravaganza has gone and and getting people to donate and, and giving how have those interactions been? How has it been overall? It's been great, honestly. Um I, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna attribute any weight loss to that, but I am down a little bit. And uh, you know, more importantly, the Jimmy fund is is up um probably a couple hundred bucks at this point, you know, throughout what we've done so far. It's just it's simple. Like I'm in the cafeteria and tweet it out, and someone says, I'll meet you at gate D, I'll do the donation. I say, DM me your toppings, which I never thought I'd say to anybody, and uh they send it. And we do it. I go down, meet them, have, say, have a good game. I think, you know, the the weird part so far has been handing out ice cream on 40-degree days at Fenway. I think once the summer starts and it's actually legitimate ice cream weather, it'll make a little bit more sense. But people have been great. People have been excited to get involved with it. People have been, um, you know, awesome. I, the one change, that I was going to hand deliver it to the seat of whoever won early on. And I was like, I don't have time for this in the middle of a, of a work day. So just go down the elevator. I do think if there is a complicating factor, it is that the elevator attendants at Fenway pretty confused about me walking in with a big soft serve every day and coming right back into the elevator. They think it's probably some shady business going on, but no, just pure charity. They'll, they'll catch on soon enough. I I probably should just tell them what's going on, but it's kind of the, the allure of the mystery is kind of attractive too. (laughs) Is the ice cream selection and topping selection extensive or is it just pretty plain? Um, it's the, you know, it kind of varies based on the day. It's, it's your, your regular vanilla chocolate swirl machine. I don't really get the swirl thing, pick a lane. Um, and then they have kind of the topping, they have the toppings bar, um, which I'm, I'm, you know, a classic Oreo and uh, rainbow sprinkles guy. You set the base. I think that's kind of the mis the misunderstood part of the whole process is setting the base before the soft serve goes in, you put Oreos at the bottom, sets the base. And then the layer of the ice cream and then another Oreo and then sprinkles. People have, you know, kind of stayed, you know, pretty true to, um, to, to kind of that or like, Hey, give me your recipe, which I'm happy to do, you know, trademarked. I, we had one gummy bear person. I don't really understand that. Just the textures mm-hmm. to me don't really mix and match well, but um, yeah, so far so good. I'm excited to uh, do it. Not doing it on the road. I just don't, it just feels like, you know, I'm off my home turf and it just doesn't feel as, as right. We're, we definitely disagree on the the swirl non swirl debate. I think yeah. swirl is the way to go, but it's just it's just pick, again pick a lane. Why not both? It's like the soft shell hard shell debate. Yeah, if I, I could get a soft shell taco good. and a hard shell taco at once, I'm, I want both. Well, soft is better. I agree. I agree. That's all the questions I got for you, though, Chris. All right. Well, that's a great mailbag. I mean, Red Sox stuff, ice cream stuff. As I would say, as I ate every ice cream last year, you can't beat it.